Bet365 sponsors our podcast and features over 300,000 sporting events on their betting app. It's got everything you need to bet on sport. Did you know you can create personalized bets with Bet365? Their bet builder lets you calculate the odds for any game right here in your hands. Bet365 is the world's favorite online sport betting company. The app can be downloaded from Google Play and the Apple App Store. Over 18s only, and please gamble responsibly. Speak of the Devil and Carl Anker will appear. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another special edition of Talk of the Devils. It's the brand new Manchester United podcast from The Athletic, and we're here today to give reaction to Manchester United's exit from the League Cup at the hands of Manchester City. I'm pleased to say I'm joined by Laurie Ripwell, who is currently at the Etihad Stadium right now. Laurie, how are you doing? Hey, Carl, I'm good. I found a secret room to speak to you from. <laughs> well, you've just witnessed one of the stranger 90 minutes of a Manchester derby. Um, it looked like things were going well for 45 minutes. What do you think? Yeah, well, I mean, um, United, I think, had a decent system about them. Um, just let down by quality, really. Jesse Lingard, number 10 role, the ball wasn't sticking for him. Uh, Anthony Marshall left a lot to be desired, really, as that sort of striker, um, central striker. Um, and also Mason Green would probably add uh, what I guess would you could describe as a learning curve kind of game, taking off at half-time, because he just wasn't getting in the in the match um, for Dan James, getting to the channel. So, um, really, ultimately, a, a kind of positive night for United. I mean, certainly the fans were celebrating at the end um, you know the, the players went over and, and it seemed like a warm embrace between them all so you know victory on the night defeat overall but a sort of a kind of pretty, pretty positive sheen to it Is this one of those things where Manchester United look better because they're playing against the team that gives them space in behind? Yeah, certainly. I think that's that's to be considered. I mean, City, even though they were three one up, you've got this crazy formation that Pep's playing, uh, where he basically had sort of almost Nicholas Otamendi at the back on his own uh, quite a lot of the time, um, going for going forwards and, and trying to you know create more goals, and, and that did give United opportunities when they beat the press. There was a, a moment in the first half where Brandon Williams was very composed under pressure, and, and ultimately they managed to pass it out, and it, it created a really good chance for United. So um, certainly that kind of opposition seems to suit United. Um, it's just, as you say, you know, ideally you'd like to be able to do that on a regular basis against teams that sit deep. I'm looking at the post-match comments from Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and he seems to believe uh, Nemanja Matic's red card pretty much took the air out of the balloon. Yeah, he, he was pretty angry to be fair about that. He, he thought that the first foul wasn't a booking at all. So, and he you know he'd made two fouls and, and got sent off really when City were you know doing the classic tactical fouls to, to United's breakaways. I can I think he's got a point there. You know, managers often complain about referees when they go out, but um, I think he I couldn't understand where he was coming from. But to be fair, he, d- he didn't want to dwell on that too much. He, he said Matic was man of the match in his eyes, and I, I agree with him there. I think he's been really good in the last few weeks, um, sort of looking for balls forward and you know having that composure in midfield, re- really elegant performance quite a lot of the time, which is not we've not said that too many times you know uh, in, in recent years um and uh and yeah but i think ollie kind of was was pretty proud of the players really i mean you know he can play this role of of progress you know too hard sometimes but i, I think it was you know they did hang on didn't they and, and it took sterling missing a, a guilt edge chance a couple of offside goals really to, to obviously complete the victory but I still I still got where, where Solskjaer was coming from it was a, it was a structured plan and, and his players pretty much carried it out to a T Laurie I want to talk to you a little bit about a, a small clip that's been going viral on social media where Ole Gunnar Solskjaer looks to be berating Jesse Lingard 
Yeah, Carl, I mean, yeah, that was a, uh, an emotional, sort of um, visceral kind of scene, I suppose, with Solskjaer. We, we can see right behind the dugout and he was going absolutely ballistic. I've never seen him go so mad. I think there was two reasons for that. One, that Dan James uh, hadn't been laid in twice. There was two opportunities to do that. And then the second time, Lingard gave the ball away. It was sloppy. And also he was playing it back to Fred rather than looking forwards. And that obviously then created the chance that Sterling nearly scored from, should have scored from. So instantly he was coming off. You know, Solskjaer made his decision and, and this, you know, for all that nice guy image, he does have a ruthless streak and Pereira was on straight away. Um, I guess, you know, in, in the broader scheme of things, ideally perhaps wouldn't have Mino Rola as his agent. Clearly there's some friction there, but, um, you know, ultimately I think he does want, you know, he's known Lingard for a long time and he, he wants the best from him. It's just that at the moment his confidence seems drained, Lingard. So I guess maybe a little break out the team. Bruno Fernandes coming in, you know, is a good opportunity for that. You will discuss Raiola and Bruno Fernandes in short time, but I, I just want to get a couple more conclusions from the game. Lastly, why on earth is Fred taking free kicks? We've been here before. <laughs> what on earth is going on here? Yeah, he hasn't scored one, has he? He scored one goal for United and it wasn't a free kick. So what is he doing at the end there? Apparently, you know, we did ask Solskjaer this at the end because uh, it looked like, to me, Solskjaer told Matt to take it. You know, we've seen him away at Juventus score. We've seen him uh, home to Newcastle score in these clutch kind of moments. But um, they had a conversation. Solskjaer said that in training, Fred has been brilliant. I think he scored six or something, in, you know, in, in this week in training. So they said it was his moment to, to try one, except, you know, it went into the wall and, and that's that. So the chance was gone. Let's move on quickly. Like, there is some good news. There is some good news. Manchester United have signed a midfielder, a genuinely, properly, apparently good midfielder. Bruno Fernandes, welcome from Sporting Lisbon, or if you're a, uh, a hipster football fan, as we should say, Sporting Club de Lisbon, the, the, the official term. Uh, Laurie, what can you tell me about this guy? Yeah, he's good. Um, my, uh, you know, I've, I've watched you know a fair few clips of him online. Um, my sister's uh, fellow is actually Portuguese, and he was raving about him to me, saying that he's, he's you know by far and away the best player in, in the Portuguese league. So he brings goals. Obviously, we've seen over the last few seasons the number of strikes that he's had from distance. He also creates chances. He can take a free kick. He can take corners. Um, I think he'll slot in really well. Um, Solskjaer's been crying out for some fresh impetus, and whilst I think it would be too much to to sort of post him as a saviour figure it could be a really important signing I just hope that he can adjust to the speed of the English game that is a slight concern the Portuguese league is obviously a lot slower um, he has a really nice tendency to take the ball on the turn from deep and, and look forwards will he have that same time in the Premier League you know I don't know he's obviously going to have to adjust to that um, Solskjaer said afterwards that he's fit so you know I wouldn't I wouldn't actually be surprised if he starts against Wolves which you know might sound surprising to some people but you know he's bought, been bought in for 55 million euro guaranteed so you know get him straight in the team perhaps um, but no I think it's a, a good signing by United I, I think ideally it would have come at the start of the month and then you know he could have played quite a few of these games he might have been on the pitch tonight if that had happened and you never know what the result might have been but ultimately United have I think have got a good player here This athletic podcast is brought to you in association with Stitch Fix an online personal styling service that takes the hard work out of dressing well To get started go to stitchfix.co.uk forward slash athletic filling a style quiz and tell us about your personal style budget size and shape and your clothing needs and wants a personal stylist will then send you five items of clothing each hand-picked especially for you from our selection of over 100 brands including established names and up-and-coming designers try on everything at home and style with other items in your wardrobe you can then pay for what you love and send back the rest 
for your stylist time, you can pay a charge of just £10, which will be deducted from the cost of anything you decide to buy. Remember, you try before you buy, deliveries and returns are free both ways, and you don't need a subscription to sign up. Stitch Fix allows you to do save time because they're doing the shopping for you. And you can enjoy our top styling tips from our experts. Get started today with Stitch Fix and support our podcast by going to stitchfix.co.uk forward slash athletic right now. Tell me a little bit more about Bruno. Where is his best position? Is he is he best suited to play as a in a midfield two? Is he in the sort of Paul Pogba on the left of 4-3-3? Is he an eight? Is he a six? Is he number 10? We've got a midfielder. Where are we going to play him? I think he could play, you know, either deep deep midfield or, or number ten. I think at the moment that number ten role is is crying out for a bit of technique and, and, and creativity and and kind of composure on the ball, really. So that probably is the one that makes most sense. Although having said that, Matic will be suspended for the Wolves game, so maybe he goes in alongside Fred um, in the deeper role um, to begin with. I think ultimately, you know, I know Pogba you know, probably isn't for United for for much longer, but. Towards the end of the season, Fernandes and Pogba in that two, you know, or maybe Pogba push further forward or Fernandes further forward. At least he's got options there. You know, he's certainly, a, you know, a versatile kind of player in that sense. So Bruno Fernandes, that's one. Is there any chance of anyone else coming in in the final days of this window? Um, well, I asked Solskjaer in the press conference just then about a striker. I think they really could do with a striker on loan. It's kind of frustrating that it's got to this stage without somebody coming in when you know you knew that Rashford was perhaps struggling a little bit and obviously got injured a week or so ago. Um, they obviously tried with Erling Haaland massively, um, didn't get that one over the line. I would have ideally liked to see them have a backup. I'm not sure who it's going to be. I think there could be one out there on loan that they can do, but it probably won't be a you know a hold the back page kind of name. It'll be be a, a sort of needs must but Solskjaer said he wants strikers that will break their nose to score a goal which was quite a, an interesting image and I think ideally if he could do one he, he will do. We've talked about incoming players any news on outgoing players is anyone going out on loan for example? Um, well in terms of loans I think James Garner might now uh, with Bruno Fernandes coming in um, I've previously been told that Blackpool Fleetwood Doncaster Sunderland and Wigan uh, were interested in him Blackpool were the favourites but then they've signed the midfielder from Leicester so I don't know if that sort of limits them, that eventuality um, I think he'd really benefit from getting competitive games at a sort of you know senior level elsewhere um, he's a really good player technical um, but I think you know getting proper regular you know, men's football would, would do him the world of good. Um, Marcus Rojo looks like he's off to Estudiantes as well. Um, I think he's been uh, longing to, to return home for a while. He, he was a bit allowed back there recently by Solskjaer. Um, he's had a few knocks, so I think that's sort of part of his, um, you know, career path now. Um, and, and maybe a couple of the other younger players, Dylan Levitt maybe could go on loan, but I think he's, he's been ill recently, so maybe they think it's best for him to stay at Carrington. Ooh, well, it... It took a while, but it seems to be all happening at once, such as the way of the January transfer window. Mm, yes, well, I, I think you know, ideally United would have done their business earlier in the window, um, but you know, sometimes this is how the way things goes. You know, if United are trying to get the best price for, for the player that they're buying in, but um, yeah, I think we could see some activity in the last couple of days. Okay, we shall wait and see. Let's talk about something else. Unfortunately, last night, the home of Ed Woodward was attacked by a group chanting that he was going to die. This is what United We Stand editor and athletic writer Andy Mitten had to say about the event. I've written a lot about fan culture around the world and I've, I've travelled to over 85 countries writing about football and I've spoken to ultra groups and I've travelled with ultra groups. And what happened in Cheshire by Woodward's house, it's actually tame in comparison to some of the other things that I've seen in Europe. 
no, nobody wants to see stuff like this happening, but it's, it's happened before. And it's always happened when the, there's been moments of real tension among Manchester United fans before the, the Glazer takeover, which was very, very unpopular. And that has never changed. And then at other moments, not just when the team haven't been performing well, but where fans have felt that the club is in a perilous position, there's a huge emotional investment which fans make into supporting a football club. And rightly or wrongly, people react in very passionate, irrational, sometimes rational ways. And I'm not just referring to what happened outside Ed Woodward's house, but there's a real strong strength of feeling among Manchester United fans at the moment. Andy there with a fair-handed opinion, sort of. There's been worse in the world of football, but also there's no real place for it here at Manchester United. Laura, you collaborate with David Ornstein to talk to Mino Raiola, who shared his thoughts with The Athletic, did you not? Yeah, uh, well, Mino spoke to, to David Ornstein. Um, he was keen to get his point across. Um, he very much was in line with Edward Wood supporting him, calling it um, you know disgraceful what had happened at his, his house, saying that it went way beyond uh, the sort of natural order of things in football. It's just a game, he was saying. And listen, we've had our differences over business, um, Raul and Woodward, uh, but, you know, ultimately he's, he's on the same page on this, you know, that's that's business, that's where they leave it, that's normal, what happened was, was not normal, so, yeah, Raul, interesting um, comments, you know, you sort of, I guess you, there's always some kind of motive with, with him, perhaps it's just on a human level on, on this one, though, but United were certainly surprised, I think, to to see the, the support coming from him, given the, uh, the the events recently that have been going on. Uh, let's look ahead to the future. And for some reason, Manchester United seems to be playing Wolverhampton Wanderers yet again. Um, how? How? I don't know how this is happening. Uh, but if if Manchester United beat Wolverhampton Wanderers, which they, apparently they can do all of a sudden, uh, and Chelsea drop points at Leicester, then the top four looks possible. Mm. Yeah, it's it's absolutely mad that United are even in with a sniff of, of top four qualification with the points total they've got. I mean, most years I think you'd be mid-table and, and perhaps even looking over your shoulder, really. So it's crazy, but that's the way it's gone. Uh, so they have to seize it, really. You know, if, if they can somehow beat Wolves again, I mean, you know, it was, a, it was a tight game, obviously, in that FA Cup replay. Uh, could Fernandez come in and do, you know, work wonders instantly? It would be some story. Um, you know, and, and Wolves are difficult to break down, but the, the pace of the game, I don't think they press too high. So, so that might suit Fernandez, you know, if he does feature. Uh, I'm pinning all my hopes on him, aren't I? Having just told <laughs> everyone that he's not our saviour. But um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a crazy league. But, you, you, yeah, you can see Chelsea dropping points at Leicester e- easily. So, you know, it's mad, but I think the way that it's gone, you can't write it off. Uh, any idea of team news? We'll be seeing more of Brandon Williams at left back. Yeah, I really like Brandon Williams. I think he was good again tonight. Um, he's, he's got options now, Solskjaer. You know, back three, back four. He, he, he will switch up, I think. You know, he obviously wants to be uh, careful with Brandon Williams. It's his first season in, in senior football. You don't want to burn him out. So Luke Shaw's been really good, I think, the last few games. Liverpool, Tranmere, and now tonight again. I thought he was I thought he was really smart tactically and, and had a lot of energy about him. So I could, I could see either one of those two playing. Maguire obviously will play. He plays every game. Uh, De Gea, Lindelof. Wan-Bissaka thought it a good game uh, tonight. Um, it, it, to be honest, the team pretty much picks itself because the, the squad just isn't isn't you know containing great depth. So um, I think you can probably guess most of the names. <laughs> uh, and any news on Scott McTominay's injury at the moment? Could we be seeing him in returning sometime this February? 
No, I don't think so. I know Steve Clark was talking about the international break and, and having him back for that in March, but um, I'm told that he's still quite a way off, Scott McTominay, from, from returning to the grass and having proper training. He, ha- he has got the the, uh, the brace off that he was wearing, so he is walking around you know, a bit more mobile, but I think we're a few weeks away, yeah. Thank you, listener, for listening to this bonus edition of Talk of the Devils podcast. It's the brand new Manchester United podcast brought to you from The Athletic. Don't forget, you can subscribe to The Athletic to hear this podcast and many, many more shows. You can also sign up and get a 40% discount right now using the promo code UNITEDPOD and you can enjoy all of The Athletic's content across all varieties of sports. Our show will be available to listen for free via your usual podcast providers and also within The Athletic app for subscribers as well. But until next time, it's uh, thank you to Laurie. Thanks, Carl. And a goodbye from me, and we'll see you soon.